Hey, sexy! Welcome back to Godfather, Godfather Minute. Minute. I'm Alex Robinson, and I'm sexy. I was, talk- I was talking to the listener. Oh, damn! I'm, I'm Andy you. Robinson, and together we are the Godfather, Godfather Minute, Minute brothers. brothers. Today we're talking about Minute 113. The whole minute, 113. Alex, a minuto, a minuto, numero, numero, cento, cento, tredici. Tredici, you're right. Three ten. You're right. <laughs> well, look, you're a Latin poet and you didn't even know it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad finally <laughs> being acknowledged for my poetry. Cento tredici. 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 You got it. Okay. I just want to just want to verify this. You were not call you were not calling me sexy at the beginning of this episode. Is that right? I was speaking to the listener. Okay, because we're for the next forty five minutes, we're going to be talking about a naked Apollonia and marriage and consummation. I just want to get this out of the get 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 it out of the way right it's now. Be a lot of uncomfortable subjects yeah. brought up. Okay, I'm going to try not to look at you in the eye too much during this. episode. This episode is adults only. Yeah, is that what they used to say in shows too? Like a very. Very, a very serious episode. Viewer discretion. Yeah. Listener discretion. Yeah. Advised. <laughs> um, well, minute 113, uh, Mikey and Apollonia on their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, they kiss, and she delicately drops her silk blouse, revealing her knockers. <laughs> I, he, just, I was just about to say, you, you write as well as Puzo. That was a... Uh, Pretty thoughtful until they got to the end there. Uh, hey, I know what the public wants. Meanwhile, a mysterious woman in red gets out of a cab in front of the Corleone compound. Who can it be? <laughs> do, you rec- work. do you recognize her? I have a feeling that's our old friend Kay Adams. I'd recognize those ankles anywhere. Oh. <laughs> Why is it that? Oh, I don't know. I guess isn't aren't women sensitive about their ankles? Well, I just think because she's wearing a full dress. And oh, the only it's the part only of thing her you can see, see is her, yeah, is her ankles. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was revealing back in the forties. Oh yeah, she was because uh, they were slut shaming her totally yeah. for wearing that. For wearing that, walking around with your ankles off. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. <laughs> you're so big. Classic Sicilian woman wouldn't be seen oh, showing no her way. ankles like that. No way. Uh, well, you want to talk about Kay Adams first and save the Apollonia uh, stuff for, for last? or uh, I guess I don't have much to say about Kay I, Adams. I don't really have much to say I mean, about Kay She the really just gets out of the car. Yeah. I think her exchange yeah. is going to be in the next minute. Yeah, because that's tough. You got some Hagen talk there, too. Do you think, um, obviously, it was it, it was done on purpose to have the scene where Mikey finally uh, nails Apollonia, then it segues right to Kay Adams getting, yeah. you know, yeah. getting, getting There's out. There's a lot of that there. in this movie. There is a lot of that. A lot of key transitions it's almost like francis ford coppola did it on purpose it was like like purposely mm-hmm. was putting like thematically yeah. similar scenes together yeah. it's really weird yeah we should get him on the show sometime you think he'd come talk to us i'm sure he would right i'm sure he wants to publicize his next his movies yeah i mean he'd do anything for money too look he did godfather three <laughs> it's true uh have you ever seen the cotton club i may have seen it as a kid but i don't remember it uh, I saw it more recently as an adult because I saw it a bit as a kid and I was like, this movie's terrible. And I saw it as an adult, maybe in this movie because it was a notorious flop. Yeah. Anyway, but Coppola re-edited it and and re-released it. Was he the original director? Yeah, he was the original director. 
and uh, the studio had a lot of notes that he went along with, but he was like, oh, I didn't want to do the changes. So he w- basically did his version of mm. how he would do it. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. So the movie that was originally released was not his cut? It, it was, but he did a lot of stuff that he did not want to do. Oh, it was a very okay. contentious, troubled uh, production. But so. later he went back and just recently, it? Yeah, like this oh, year. Oh, just recently. He, he, oh, they're re-releasing it. it in theaters oh. and stuff. And, oh, and, cool. And, Have uh, you seen it? Not the, not the new version. Hmm, no. I wonder. But, uh, I don't know if it's yeah. worth it. Yeah. What is it about? Uh, it's about the Cotton Club in Harlem in the 30s. Okay. And it has like gangsters and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, stuff. I guess what it's it, the Cotton Club was a real club in Harlem where, you know, uh, African-American performers could perform but not attend as guests. Mm. You know what I mean? They couldn't go there as a as patrons. They could only oh, really go there it was all stage. white audience. Yeah, it was only you could. Not oh, have, interesting. And uh Oh, that's why it was called the Cotton Club. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. assuming so. So, um, but apparently, um, the producers wanted less focus on the black characters and more focus on the white characters. Oh, so okay. Francis Ford Coppola went along with it, and he was like, "I didn't want to because you know it seems like ridiculous to have a thing set in the Cotton Club, and yeah, you know, let's just focus on the white people." But, yeah. But anyway, so I think the new version has much more of the. the stories about the african-american oh, yeah. people and yeah. stuff, so on anyway seems like it would be a lot more interesting the lives of performers rather than these yeah people just coming to see a show <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> actually, the, the first movie was about the actually it's kind of neat it's only it's not that it's a sequel but the first release is about the audience and the second one is about the performers and they all it's all taking place at the same time but it's a different perspective on events right. Have you ever seen those uh, that those Clint Eastwood movies that he did where it had to do with World Fistful War? Fistful of dollars? No, with the um, he did two things about the war in Japan. Oh no, one of them was from the point of view of the Americans, yeah. the flags of our fathers, and I forget what the other one was. And flags of the enemy. I think I'm like, was it was the Thin Red Line. No, the Thin Red Line is a movie, but that's not okay, the that one. That. Hmm. Uh, anyway, it was a it was a similar uh, kind of thing where. What was same events? Yeah, they were connected. Mm. In so, um, yeah, and the fact that he did two movies, basically, like you know, with similar kind yeah. of uh, things. Interesting. So, well, anyway, once again, back to The Godfather. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, a kind of a slow minute. Basically, Mikey and Apollonia are getting it on, getting it consummating on. the the marriage. Now, uh, yeah, and I think this is the only nudity in the movie. I think you're right. Do we don't see anything? No Lucy, no Connie, no Sandra. What about GF two? Is GF two? Do we see any nudity you when know, they go to uh, Cuba? Oh, maybe on stage, with the Superman from a distance. Yeah, Superman's. Yeah, peers, the actresses. Actually, and we do Superman. see um, the. Uh, I think she's definitely naked, but I don't know how much you see the one that the that uh, Senator Geary's uh, playmate. Oh yeah, uh huh. I'm not sure if I don't remember if you see her like. Mm, I mean, she's all cut up. Yeah, maybe like, you do see her face. I up. definitely know you can see her breathing. Yeah, <laughs> so okay. so you can definitely see her skin, but but okay. but uh, but um, yeah, yeah. And you can also see at the end of GF one. It is GF one when uh, Tatali gets shot. He's with a whore. Oh, it's true. Everything I don't know if it's him. a whore, but it's everything a naked woman in bed. Yeah. And I think you might be able to see some. All movie. right. We'll have to cool to yeah. little, uh, keep, keep everyone on the edge of their toes yeah. waiting for that moment. <laughs> everything with him is whore. <laughs> everything with them is dead horse. 
<laughs> that's the that's Jack the- Walt. Everything <laughs> <laughs> with him is dead horse. Um, dead horse. Well, I have. Yeah. Well, so what <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear uh, what do what do Jack Waltz and and Natalia at the end of Godfather One have in common? What they both they both sleep with dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> they both go to bed with dead yeah. <laughs> Oh no, what's the difference between them? Yeah. What? Tatalia goes to bed with a dead horse and Jack Waltz wakes up with one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. One wakes up with a dead horse. One is in one bed with whore. dead ho- with a dead whore. <laughs> <laughs> or you can say the big center to Kiri too. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, this is really a, because theme. of the theme. The whole yeah. thing. <laughs> okay, so uh, now you said you teased that there was some, some stuff in the book, tons about of stuff this in the book. particular. Yeah. Uh, so sort of a parallel to la- my stuff from last week. Last mm-hmm. week I had all stuff about the history of marriage. This episode I have all stuff about uh, nudity in films, car bombs. Oh, nudity, in nudity films. in films. Okay, so, cool. So, uh, so, um, so you want to do your book stuff first? I can do or some sh- book stuff first. Yeah. yeah. Folks, I'm pulling the lamp up to my book, mm-hmm. and this is minute 113, so I have quite a bit of stuff. I'll try to paraphrase, but I'll pause to do some comprehension okay. assessment. I will not tra- skip any of the sex stuff. You know, that's what our oh, audience yeah. is. They've been <laughs> waiting sure. for this minute. As I said last week, there, was, there are tons of pages, graphic details about Michael and Apollon. I mean, I'm talking details. I'm just skipping it all, though. Wow. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much skipping all that, but he goes into detail. Puzo writes... That night and the weeks that followed, Michael Corleone came to understand the premium put on virginity by socially primitive people. Hmm. It was a period of sensuality that he had never before experienced. A period of sensuality? Yeah, a period. So him getting intimate with Apollonia the first several times. Weird Weird to refer to it as a period. Well, period of time. I know, but it's such a, like, you know, like, I don't know, it just sounds oh. weird. It's like a hockey, you know, like a yeah. hockey, you know, uh, you know. Oh, oh, it's the first period, you know, and, uh, and Michael Corleone's in there, but. <laughs> yeah. It was. I generally don't hear people refer to that. Oh, I had a lovely period with you the other night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It sounds weird. Yeah. Like a robot. Um, or Mr. Data. You know what? I'll change it. Uh, it was three quarters of a game of sensuality. <laughs> <laughs> Timeout. He's only got one timeout left. <laughs> penalty box. Puzo does write a bit about the penalty box, but I'll spare you the details. It was a period. Save it for the library. <laughs> it was a whole oh, library. Bad choice of words. <laughs> it was a period of sensuality that he had never before experienced. <laughs> a sensuality. Also, on sidebar again, because <laughs> sure. the, the very first line in Star Wars in the opening crawl it says it is a period of civil war. Really? So to have it to say it's a period oh, of sensuality funny. also it also it also short circuits my Star Wars yeah. part of my well, brain. Well, when was this written? This was like seventy three ish. Definitely. Oh no, sixty nine, wasn't it or seventy? <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. He totally baited me that whole Star Wars thing. I no, it really was. Well, well, let me look. Hold on. That. I should know this already. Yeah, you should. We've been quoting this book for... You want to remember, Alex? You want to take a guess? 69. (laughs) Uh, Copyright 1969. Yeah. Yeah. Up top. Okay, let's see. So George Lucas probably put that it is a period of civil war. So all the Godfather Aww. fans were like, oh. <laughs> yeah, they, they were hoping to see a skin flick that <laughs> yeah. night, a space skin flick. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. So it's a period of civil war. Yeah. Well, I got to go back to my page. It's a sensuous it a, civil war. <laughs> it was a period of sensuality that he had never. <laughs> it's like dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> It was a period of sensuality that he had never before experienced. The rebels So fleeing. he was a virgin, too. <laughs> Sorry, I stepped on your joke. <laughs> That's all right. Start over. Sent- Start from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that night and the weeks that followed, Michael Corleone came to understand the premium put on virginity by socially primitive people. Mm-hmm. That seems so anthropologic the way he's probably that. not PC to say today. No, I hope he didn't say that to his wife. <laughs> hey, for a social primitive girl, you're pretty good. It's pretty sensual. <laughs> maybe, maybe someday I'll teach you the days of the week. <laughs> it was a period of sensuality that he had never before experienced. A sensuality mixed with a feeling of masculine power. Apollonia in those first days became almost his slave. Ooh. Given trust, given affection, a young, full-blooded girl aroused from virginity to erotic awareness was as delicious as an exactly ripe fruit. Mm. Let wow. Me just, let me just tell them, Paul, pa, time out. Yeah. Alex, that's just a taste Ooh. of the preceding pages that describe the wedding night. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's a whole, like three quarters of the book. It's just that one night. Wow. Yeah. He really was. Uh, so people but, must have been told by the perspective of the uh, of Dr. Taza. Dr. Taza in the closet, uh, <laughs> the voyeur, Dr. Taza. Uh, so people, when they first saw the movie, must have been furious. Oh, yeah. But they're like, oh, man, I've been yeah. waiting for this big sex scene, this, yeah. big, oh! period, this big period of sensuality <laughs> coming up. Especially because it cuts to K in her white ankles. <laughs> her white, not primitive ankles. They start throwing stuff, cannoli at the stage, oh, at yeah. the uh, screen. Uh, let's see. So It was uh, a period of raw sensuality. Yeah. <laughs> I'm skipping ahead. Puto writes, she had a wonderfully fresh smell, a flesh, a fleshly smell perfumed by her sex, yet almost sweet and unbearably aphrodisiacal. I, I always love <laughs> when people use the term sex when they mean uh, like genitalia, like her sex. Yeah. I touched her sex. <laughs> That's old some, school. It just seems so yeah. like, yeah, like a Victorian. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you like when people use the word fleshly. Fleshly. Yeah, is I've never a good seen one. that used yeah. as an adverb. Yeah, I yeah. quite don't, I don't quite know what it means. You're going to make me read it again? Fleshy. She I had understand. a wonderfully fresh smell, a fleshly smell perfumed by her sex. Fleshly. <laughs> a fleshly smell perfumed by her sex, yet almost sweet and unbearably aphrodisiacal. Aphrodisiacal? Aphrodis- I knew there was another way to pronounce it. I don't know. It. I don't know if that's... I've never heard that <laughs> you also. And your, you and your Latin. You stick to your Latin, Alex. <laughs> P- polygyny. And there's so much more. Her vir- virginal passion matched his nuptial love. It goes on and on. I just wanted to give you a taste of it. So when they're saying... Wait, what was that last one? Her... Her, the, the, what I just her, said, her, her, what is it? Her, her virginal passion matched his nuptial lust. And <laughs> often it was dawn when they fell into an exhausted slumber. Wow. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Okay. In the first week of their marriage, they went on picnics and small trips in the Alfa Romeo. Alex, I'm going to give you a, uh, Quiz? a check plus in pre for, for analysis. Some questions you raised in previous minutes. What's that? Because Puzo writes, 
But then Don Tomasino took Michael aside and explained that the marriage had made his presence and identity common knowledge in that part of Sicily. Oh, and precautions. you busted. Uh-huh, you busted. Is that what Don Tomasino <laughs> said yeah. to Michael? Michael, you busted. <laughs> Miguel, you, you busted. <laughs> oh, we'll have to ask our, our Sicilian uh, consigliere, how do you say you busted in you Sicilian? Busted, yeah. Uh, made his presence and identity common knowledge in that part of Sicily, and precautions had to be taken against the enemies of the Corleone family, mm. uh, whose long arms also stretched to this island refuge. Let's see. Da, da, da. So Michael and his wife had to remain in the, on the villa grounds. Uh, Michael passed the time by teaching Apollonia to read and write English. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also by teaching her to re, uh, to drive the car along the inner walls of the villa. Aww. So she only knew how to drive in circles, which we <laughs> see later in the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully she they moved to a place with a lot of traffic circles. <laughs> she could, she'd be a great race car driver because she'd like, <laughs> just, just keep turning left or whatever you want. Well, you don't see later in the movie, you think it was a car bomb that killed her. Mm-hmm. It was actually just, just ran into the wall. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> What day did that happen? <laughs> oh, it happened on Monday, Tuesday? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, let's see. Okay, this is this is an interesting... This is the climax of the writing? Well, it, says, it doesn't have to do with their wedding or the marriage, but it's a, it's, a, it's a story told in the book now that it's not in the movie, and it's really cool. The book is different than the movie. The book is different than the movie. The book is different than the movie. The book is different, the book is different, the book is different than the movie. Yeah. Page 343, Puzo writes, One night in the garden, an old village woman who worked in the house as a servant brought a dish of fresh olives and then turned to Michael and said, Is it true what everybody is saying, that you are the son of Don Corleone in New York City, the godfather? The titular godfather. <laughs> Academy Award winner Marlon Brando. Yeah. Introducing Albertino. This is like a like a, a like an advertising spot they filmed during the making of yeah. it. You won't want to miss it. <laughs> and Michael wanting to disguise himself say, No, no, but I'm his brother Fredo. Send send Fredo to Sicily to get married. I'm <laughs> Buzzo writes, Michael saw Don Tomasino shaking his head in disgust at the general knowledge of their <laughs> secret. <laughs> He's really thinking, oh my God, my one responsibility was to <laughs> You had one it. job, Don Tomasino. <laughs> I had one job. You couldn't even do it. Some friend of mine. I'm going to come over and shoot your other leg. <laughs> Unless on some level Don Tomasino wanted Michael to be. Maybe he really pushed Mikey into this. To what kind do you mean? Of, so that the, that he, Dom Tomasino could take over the uh, oh. to take over the the, well, the the Corleone's being driven out of New York. Yeah, they don't have that kind of muscle anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think Don Tomasino take over the. Uh, the <laughs> go ahead, say it, say it. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. I'm not going to say. It. I think he's making a deal with Mo Green. Oh, with Mo Green, yeah. so that he could keep his olive oil factory <laughs> and still keep the casino. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, come on, say it. I'm not gonna say it. You say it. <laughs> All right, we'll both say it. Don, Don Tomasino, talk to Barzini. Woo! Good night, everybody. 
<laughs> Good night. We'll see you, Corleone, next next weekend. Ciao. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, uh, Don Tomasino shakes his head in disgust, but the old crone was looking at him. <laughs> the old crone. <laughs> That's what he writes. She casts a spell I don't know who on he's her. referring to. Is that the woman? Yeah, the woman. Oh, the crone the is an old crone. lady. But the old crone was looking at him in so concerned a fashion as if it was important for her to know the truth that Michael nodded. Do you know my father? He asked. Uh, the woman's name was Philomena. She had brown stained teeth. <laughs> I know your father. <laughs> <laughs> the eye. Give us back the eye. I went to him on the day of his daughter's wedding. <laughs> I put a curse on him for killing my husband, Don Chicho. <laughs> and my son, he, he never fulfilled the favor to my son, Bona Sera. Oh. <laughs> America. <laughs> Um, the crone. Let's see. Uh, this is the old crone now. The god, the godfather saved my life once. I'm all British now. The godfather saved my life once. She said, and my brains too. She made a gesture toward her head. Blah blah blah. What? Yeah. So Michael's interested in this, and 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 so the woman, the old crone, asked, "She my- saved my brains. Look, I have this jaw." <laughs> My brains are going to be all over the contract, <laughs> but I released him from. I, I released your father oh, wow. from the deal. <laughs> you know, my um, yeah, Don Corleone's wife, Mama, was on contract with me, but I released her so that my brains weren't all over the contract, so they could get married. Mama, the woman, the old crone, Mama Mia. This is <laughs> that's what Mikey would say to that. Mama Mia, Mama, Mama Tulia. The, the old crone almost asked Michael fear, uh, fearfully, is it true? Is it true that Luca Brazzi is dead? Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> so he knew that. He, uh, Mikey didn't know that before he left. Yeah, remember the whole yeah, sleep with the fishes. The he was there. To keep yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is unrelated to marriage, but there's a cool Luca Brazzi thing right. here. Goes so. to Luca Brazzi. Yeah, and you don't Juan really, in, Sicily. In the movie, you don't learn much about him. No. So that's why I wanted to take some time to talk about it today. Uh, let's see. Uh, Michael nodded again and was surprised at the look of release on the old woman's face. Oh, so I guess Michael confirms that she's that he's dead. Uh, Philomena crossed herself and said, God forgive me, but may his soul rest in hell for eternity. Whoa, why'd she hate Luca Bronzi so much? <laughs> He's not such a bad guy. Yeah. Right? Doing favors for people. Carving wax dummies. <laughs> Carving wax dummies. He's giving- a scotch connoisseur. He's got- <laughs> I offered him scotch one time. You refused it. <laughs> Do you want to take a guess, Alex, why she is glad Luca Brazzi is rotting in hell? I'm going to guess the that fishes. He, he must have killed somebody that she cared about. She mm. killed her husband. Mm. You're wrong, but you're close. She, he killed her husband. Well, it's complicated. They were in a sororal polygenistic relationship. Oh, boy. <laughs> I forget what all those were. I just like saying sororal polygynistic. That's, that one's Luca uh, was married to several sisters. Oh, I can see him doing that. Oh, totally. He's the kind of guy that would do that. Yeah, don't call me old. <laughs> uh, the sister, your sister. Wife well, number one. <laughs> Get your sister. Uh, let's see. Michael remembered his old curiosity about Bratzi and had the sudden intuition that this woman knew the story that Hagen and Sonny had refused to tell him. 
He poured the woman a glass of wine, had her sit down, and he said, Tell me about my, tell me about my father and Luca Brazzi. I know some of it, but how did they become <laughs> friends, and why was Brazzi so devout, devoted to my father? Well, uh, Johnny Fontaine was under contract with his band leader, you see. That's <laughs> like, story. <laughs> you sound like Tatali in there. <laughs> I didn't have any insurances. <laughs> my brains will not end up on his contract. <laughs> how, how will we know when Don Corleone consolidates strength that he will not release Mama from the contract? <laughs> <laughs> so he says, okay, so he says, tell me about my father. So I'll paraphrase. Uh, 30 years before this woman, this old crone, <laughs> Philomena. So 30 years before. 30 so, years before, yeah. So that would be 19... This was 46. This would be 1916-ish. Yeah. Wow. Sounds so like a World War One is raging. So this woman... Don Corleone is already in America. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she has this contact with him in America. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she is, and you're about to learn how they meet. Ooh. I just winked at Alex. You're about mm. to find out how they uh, met. This is a sexy uh-huh. minute. <laughs> yeah, you know Puzo. Any opportunity to, to write about the hot... <laughs> when I was a girl, my vagina was the biggest in the village. <laughs> the miles around, they would come. <laughs> they called it several felicity. <laughs> I called it fun. <laughs> so 30 years it's earlier a period of sensuality <laughs> so this woman philomena had been a midwife in new york city oh yeah not not what you thought right no on 10th avenue which is where the, the whole sicilian community was mm-hmm. uh, she served the italian colony mm-hmm. uh, the women were always pregnant and she prospered uh, her husband had a prosperous grocery store so they were really doing well uh, one cursed night 30 years ago when all honest people were long in their beds, there was a knock on the door, and who was it? Luca Blanche. <laughs> Nobody home. Luca <laughs> Blanche here. Flowers. <laughs> oh, flowers for me? <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> when she opens the door, she opens the door, and she's like, No <laughs> <laughs> bad. She looks to the little people and his, his eyes are all bulged out, his tongue's all sticking out. <laughs> Is it because he thinks he's about to get away with tricking her? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. It was Luca Brazzi, whose reputation even then was fearsome. Mm. It was it was also known that Don't he, forget, this is thirty years ago when Luca was probably a much more in his prime handsome fellow. Well, it was known also that he was a bachelor. Yeah. And so Philomena was immediately frightened. <laughs> you doing a little uh, beatboxing? There? But I was doing the the wah wah pedal. Got it. Seventies yeah. groove. Mm-hmm. But that's not a good thing in nineteen sixteen. You have this big bachelor apparently. So she was worried. Because a bachelor is... And his late hours, he had a reputation. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, because I guess all decent people get married at a certain... Yeah. Uh, he was known to be fearsome. She thought he had come to do her husband harm. Mm-hmm. That perhaps her husband had foolishly refused Bratzi some small favor. Bratzi, uh, let's see, had come on the usual errand. So, I'll cut to the chase. Luca Bratzi told her that there... That that he needed her services that night. So he said, come with, come, come with me. 
and she's like, oh, I don't want to go with this dude. And But he... Uh, Nobody says no to Luca Prats. It was an offer she couldn't refuse. Yeah. It was the original offer that couldn't oh, be refused. Oh, that's what gave him... I should do this more often. Yeah. He didn't say that, but that's yeah. where... Apparently, that's where Don Corleone got the idea later. From Luca Prazzi? Yeah. I'm making this up. Oh. But I think, I think maybe when... Uh, when Don Corleone, the band leader, because remember Luca Brazzi was there yeah. at that moment, and Janko. Yeah. Uh, Don Corleone's like saying, uh, sign the contract, the band leader's like, no, I don't want to sign it. Come on. Please, the- please. <laughs> come on. What can I do? Can I, uh, can I uh, give you something for you to sign the contract? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you uh, $30. I'll give you $30 to sign the contract. <laughs> so Luca Brazzi ended up being the original consigliere. Oh, he was like, Don Corleone, make him laugh it. He can't refuse. Well, what do you mean, Luca? <laughs> Is this all on the well, side? What do you mean, Luca? <laughs> no, they're still holding the gun to his head. If you make him laugh it, that he can't refuse, he'll have to accept it. He's all logical and analytical. <laughs> the blackboard you know, <laughs> yeah. diagramming. He gives the gun to Janko who has yeah. to keep holding the gun on the band leader. <laughs> yeah. so you're making this offer and through logic, through my logic model, he'll have to accept it. Oh, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> And you can keep making offers in the future that people can't refuse, but you've got to give me credit every time you do. Mm, I get 10 cents every time you threaten something. <laughs> so let's see. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So she goes with him. They drive. They drive? They drive more than 30 minutes to a small frame house in Long Island City right over the bridge. That seems very strange to me. Where do you think this is going, Alex? <laughs> Make a prediction. Uh, I'm guessing he's going to have, uh, along the theme of the minute, he's going to have, uh, he's going to make an untoward advance on her. Let's see. He's going to try to touch her sex. Would that be in Puzo's writing style? Well, they wouldn't, I'm not saying the writing style. I'm sure he gets mm. much more uh, earthy than that, mm. but, uh, okay. so that's what I'm going to guess. Though. Okay. Let's see. Well, she's a midwife though. She's a midwife. Maybe it has something to do with that. Maybe he's like he, he's making her abort some babies. Oh, I think we might have told this story now that you think about it. Go ahead. Did we? Does he like pick up a baby and throw it in the fireplace or something? <laughs> Does it? I'm not going to spoil the end of the story. Okay. <laughs> they go to a two-family house. Blah, blah, blah. There were some other ruffians playing cards in the kitchen. Brazzi took they Philomena. Are they letting the negotiator win? <laughs> yeah, it's Clemens. It's actually the future. Yeah. It's they the- see the future. <laughs> uh, Michael's about to kill. Oh, this is Michael hearing the story. Yeah. On of the night when he's actually going to kill the Turk and... So they were, so so, uh, so they were, she thinks it's thirty years earlier. Yeah, because she's you know, it's really just her brain's eight a months ago. Primitive, the primitive people. <laughs> yeah, uh, she Brassi took Philomena up the stairs to a bedroom. In the bed was a young, pretty girl who looked Irish. Her face painted, her hair red, and with a belly swollen like a sow. That's Puzo's style. Mm-hmm. The poor girl was so frightened. When she saw Brassi, she turned her head away in terror. Yes, terror. And indeed, the look of hatred on Brassi's evil face was the most frightening thing she had ever seen in her life. Here, Philomena crossed herself again. You know what that means. As she's telling the story to Mikey. Yeah. Crossed Um, herself, meaning she made an enemy of herself. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Let's see. 
So they delivered the baby. She delivered the baby. Oh, good. Happy ending. And then that's so, it. Um, so not bad, right? <laughs> so Our bro- character stole a story in Russia. Something. <laughs> so yeah, Michael doesn't want it. Dr. Taza keeps interrupting. <laughs> yeah. Mikey, you, you don't want to hear the end of this story. It's happy. happy oh, look, look at my videotapes. <laughs> you are videotaping me in my bedroom where my children are playing? <laughs> it doesn't have the same aggressiveness with his jaw locked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mikey, Mikey, things have been going on between men and women for a thousand years. <laughs> All the dialogue just keeps getting recycled <laughs> in this time machine. <laughs> so let's see. Philomena wraps the baby in a bundle. Well, so the baby's born. It's born, yeah. Oh, I thought he said her belly was all distended like a sack. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, the midwife delivers the baby. Oh, she delivers the baby. Yeah, okay. That's why she was called to the house. Got it. Uh, just to end the story, the, she wraps the baby in a blanket, gives, hands it to Luca Brazzi and says, if you're the father, take her. My work is finished. Brazzi glared at her malevolently, insanity stamped on his face. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm the father, he said, but I don't want any of that race to live. Whoa! Take it down to the basement and throw it into the furnace. Whoa! <laughs> this would have to be. I refuse to do this. <laughs> yeah. Either that baby or you wind up in that furnace. <laughs> yeah. That's my family. That's not me. <laughs> so Philomena was puzzled She thought he was joking uh, Let's see and she's like, <laughs> uh? <laughs> Well she was Puzzle right She was puzzled by the use of the word race Yeah Did he mean because the girl was not Italian Or did he mean because the girl was obviously of the lowest type A whore in short Hmm or did he mean that anything springing from his loins, he forbade to oh. live? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, and then she was sure he was making a brutal joke. It's your child. Do what you want. And she tried to hand him the bundle. Yeah. Long story short, he wouldn't take the baby. And uh, uh, let's see. It was terrible. Philomena said it was so terrible. They were like two mad animals. So this was the Irish woman. and uh, Luca. Yeah, they were not human. The hatred they bore each other blazed through the room. Nothing else, not even the newborn infant, existed for them at, at that moment. Yet there was a strange passion, a bloody, demonical lust, so unnatural you knew they were damned forever. Then Luca Brazzi turned back to Philomena and said harshly, Do what I tell you, I'll make you rich. Oh. Yeah. Well, silver lining, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so That's an offer. He, he pulls out a shirt. He pulls out a, a knife from his shirt and says, I'll cut your throat if you don't kill this baby. Uh, he walks her down to the basement and she realizes it's pretty much going to be her or kill the baby. Wow. Uh, let's see. The next thing she knows, she's kind of like blacking out. She Someone opened the furnace door. Bratzi was going to kill her. He pushed her toward the open furnace, and so she had to choose. At this point, Philom- this is now Philomena telling the story to Michael. She fell silent. She folded her bony hands in her lap and looked directly at Michael. He knew what she wanted, how she wanted to tell him, without using her voice. He asked gently. <laughs> She's not, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> 
Take the cotton out of your mouth. <laughs> Take the wire out of your jaw and let me finish the story. <laughs> oh. Could you do it? It was only after another glass. Oh, she nodded. Mm-hmm. And then they drank another glass of wine. Uh, this is kind of an interesting after log. She under uh, she understood that if she uttered a word about this, uh, she would be killed. But two days later, Bratzi murdered the young Irish girl, oh. the mother of the infant, and was arrested by the police. Philomena, frightened out of her wits, went to the godfather and told her story. He, he ordered her to keep silent, that he would attend to everything. Shut up. <laughs> Shut the mouth. You can act What's like, with you? What's the matter with you? You can act like a midwife. <laughs> oh, he made me kill a baby. <laughs> What's the matter with you? You look terrible. <laughs> you look terrible. Get some sleep. Eat some food. <laughs> this, uh, a month from now, this, this big shot, this big shot New York hitman is not going to bother you. He's going to give you everything you want. He's going to give you back that baby you burned. <laughs> uh, at that time, Bratzi did not work for Don Corleone. Oh, he was a free no, agent. He was free agent. He was on the market uh, before Don Corleone could set matters right. So he's in jail. Luca Bratzi's in jail. Uh, before Don Corleone could set matters right, Luca Bratzi tries to commit suicide in his cell, hacking at his throat with a piece of glass. Whoa! Yeah. He was transferred to the prison hospital, and by the time he recovered, Don Corleone had arranged everything. The police did not have a case they could prove in court, and Luca Brazzi was released. Um, Don Corleone assured Filomena she had nothing to fear from Brazzi, the police, anyone else. But she was so freaked out by this whole thing, she and her husband moved to Sicily. Her husband mismanaged the finances in Sicily. They became poor, and they both had to become servants. Hmm. And that's why she's now working for Dr. Taza as a servant. Oh, Isn't so that interesting? It kind of came all She's around. not a midwife anymore. I don't think so. Or unless I, maybe I, she helps Dr. Taza with midwifery every now Maybe, and then. yeah. Huh. Let's see. And so Phil, finally, Philomena says, I bless the name of your father, Michael. Mikey. He always sent me money when I asked. He saved me from Bratzi. Tell him I say a prayer for his soul every night and that he shouldn't fear dying. Ooh. Dying. A threat. <laughs> he shouldn't and, fear uh, dying because there's nothing he can do to stop it. So and, that's that's and interesting. Thomasino, Michael asked Don Tomasino, "Is it true? Is it true? Is it true, Don Tomasino?" <laughs> and he confirms that it's true. Hmm. He says, "Never ask me about my business, Michael. <laughs> Never ask me about the- this one time. I will let you ask me." <laughs> Never ask me about Luca Brazzi's past. So Luca. So there's two questions I have about that. Mm-hmm. Why did does they explain why the Don hired Luca? Like why did why did the Don do all that? Because he didn't want the woman to get in trouble? Why did he go through the trouble of He doesn't explain but ex- good question. My guess is that Don Corleone's sort of starting to come up in power and he's a respected man in the community. So yeah. he's like we see in Godfather too, he helps people with their troubles. Remember the woman comes, but is that when he's, is that, did he hire Luca Brazzi? Is is that the start of their relationship? That's probably the start because he saved Luca Brazzi from, from death and from uh, the, the police and from being stuck in jail. So I'm guessing Don Corleone has this now undying loyalty. That's probably where it stems from. But like, that means Don Corleone was like, well, this guy burned through a live child into a furnace. 
Like, I, I see, I see potential in this man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like I mean, the, the Don always portrays himself as being so like it's not justice. It's like, know. You know, it's talk like, about wait, him. you can kill people for me. Oh, hell, 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 it's like this time. Yeah, I mean, talk <laughs> talk about an infamy there, right? <laughs> yeah, I swear on the souls of my grandchildren, those not burned by Luca Brasi. I mean, unless he doesn't count an Irish child as a as a you know, he's like oh, let uh, them lose their souls. Maybe, cares, yeah, you know? you'd like to think that. You'd like to think that Coppola portrays Don Corleone better than the the other Dons, the other right. crime family bosses, yeah. but he could be just as old school mustache beat and think that non-Italians are not worth saving. Oh, I'm sure. Right? I'm sure he... Yeah. I'm sure, well, the book Don Corleone definitely seems like yeah. he'd be someone like that. Yeah. But, you know, like, like I think if they had included that... Can you imagine if they included that scene in the movie? Would it have... Would it have would that be like too far? Would people be like, whoa, this is too, I'm okay with you threatening a band leader and cutting off a horse's head, but throwing a bait, like throwing a baby into a fire. Yeah. That is crazy. And he couldn't do it. He made a midwife to it. Well, that's what else is exactly the opposite of what a midwife does. (laughs) You had one job. midwife. Well, that's what's also weird is that he also kills her like a day or two later. Seems like it would have been easier to just kill oh, her right yeah. then when she was. Pro- like, first of all, the kill fact that he even baby? St- kill his own baby. <laughs> well, the fact that he <laughs> that he even stuck around until she had the baby is is like, yeah, baffling. Well, I think he was so primitive, he's such a <laughs> such a Neanderthal that he didn't even want that baby around because it wasn't of Italian. But that's what I mean. Of, he could, he, of, he, or I don't know. Maybe it was because it was from him. Like Philomena was was wondering. Hmm. Maybe he knows he's cursed. Maybe it's, or maybe it's because. Well, but then why wouldn't he just kill her and kill yeah, the baby? Yeah. Like he's clearly he has no compunction about. It's yeah. not like he has a conscience, unless it's some Sicilian thing that it's like, oh, it's a, it's a mortal crime to kill an undaptized yeah, baby. Yeah, or something. Ma- that's so probably that, his thinking. That, as, you know, as long as I don't kill the baby, yeah. someone else can kill it, but I can still get yeah. into heaven. Or at least like if it was baptized, then kill it, because then you know it would yeah. go to heaven, as opposed to now that baby's stuck. But in committing suicide in, in the eyes of the Catholic Church, you can't get into heaven, right? So I guess he lost. Because remember, in the prison, he tries to kill himself. Oh, right. Yeah. But maybe he just realized he just started losing his mind after knowing he had his own child killed. Yeah, he just got so depressed. I had very high hopes for my baby. <laughs> could have been Senator Blossy, <laughs> Governor Blossy. <laughs> could, could have been Button Man Blossy. <laughs> could have been Candy Store Blossy. Well, <laughs> enough time. <laughs> I like that Don Corleone hearing this story from Phil and me. I'm like, this guy, I could get this guy to work for me. You see a baby killer. I see someone who can get my future nephew out of a, a lucrative band contract. Yeah, I guess those are the kind of, if there's someone whose cold blood is that cold, they could come in handy. And I, yeah. I have a, I've been needing a guy to do those kind of kill some people for me. I just got, I just got Jenko. <laughs> yeah, I guess as long as you think you can control him enough. Right. Well, I guess by getting him out of jail, that's the... Yeah, uh, but still, I mean, it's still risky. He's probably out of his mind. Right. Who, who knows what he's capable of doing? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the life of time. It would be a great spinoff. A real gritty... You think a real gritty... Not outtakes, but a whole parallel story. Do you Godfather think, series. Do you think if they had done uh, The Godfather nowadays... Would they have um, kept going after Godfather 2? 
Oh, like would they mm-hmm. every three years would we have another Godfather movie sort of following the adventures? Probably because it was family? so successful. Yeah, well, why not? Now it's all so. about the money. Yeah, it's always yeah. the dollars. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's all I have about the book. Uh, well, that was that was uh, very yeah. revealing, right. very interesting. Stuff. I like how we took the 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 moment with like the sexiest, or the you know the most <laughs> yeah. like romantic, erotic thing, and we're like, let's talk about someone throwing a baby into a fireplace. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I do think that this does make the watching the movie more interesting. So Luca Brasi, when you see him, he's not in the movie very much. Yeah, but knowing all of this background information, I. I watching the movie again i'm sure we're gonna know that and it's gonna add some dynamic to his character and his role yeah it enhances the viewing experience yes so in so from what you said tom and Sonny knew that story yeah but they didn't tell Michael. But they didn't tell mikey yeah why not um why do you think they didn't tell him i don't know because he's a civilian mm-hmm. or or maybe mm-hmm. they're just they're just worried that it would <laughs> I was gonna say ruin. It would like, you could never look look Brasi the same way again. <laughs> it's a true story, Kay. <laughs> That's Luca Brasi, not me. I would have killed the baby then through it in the fireplace. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a monster. Oh, absolutely terrible. So, uh, so onto more pleasant topics. I have a history of, of nudity uh, and sex scenes in films. <laughs> this is a real whipsaw. A bre- <laughs> you see a naked yeah. Apollonia, yeah. A dying baby, back to nudity. Yeah, um, lay it on me. Well, the first sex scene and sex in quotes is considered to be a 1896 movie. I didn't even know movies were around back then. Yeah, generally I think around 1894 is when movies started to become... Uh, it makes sense that within two years they're making porn. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah, any they say any new technology that comes out, the quicker the 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 putting it for use for pornographic purposes is what will make it. That's what that's what drove uh, VCR sales. That's what drove uh, you oh, know the film industry. Yeah. It's what drove the internet. You yeah. know, everything oh, is just powered funny. by yeah. people the uh, people's desires <laughs> to look at boobies. Uh, yeah, so the film was called The Kiss, Whoa. and it was literally just a scene of two people kissing. It was the wow. first scene, first, rec- you know, widely a thing of people kissing in a oh, movie. Oh, fascinating. Is it still around? Can you watch it? Oh, yeah, you can see it. Oh, on, you can. I mean, it's so like... Yeah, I'm sure it's... It's like, you yeah. know, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and, <laughs> so it was very controversial in its day. One mm-hmm. review was... The spectacle of prolonged pasturing on each other's lips was so was beastly enough in life size on stage, but magnified to her gargantuan t- proportions, it is absolutely disgusting. Oh, dun, dun. You look at it now, you're like, what the what? You know, it's like, boy, know. standards have changed. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he meant just disgusting that it was all black and white and scratchy. Oh, and he's like, yeah. that's all it was, just him kissing. Clock. Where's the heart? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's that hardcore MMF action that we want? I've been waiting two years since this technology got developed. <laughs> I fought in the, the Spanish-American War. In um, a movie called, a 1915 movie called Inspiration, uh, that was the first time a U.S. film had a naked lead actor in it. Oh. Uh, a lady, not surprisingly. 
1930, nudist movies became very popular. What's a nudist movie? Well, you could sort of, by showing like life at a nudist camp or a nudist colony, it's like, oh, mm. look at the wholesomeness of nature. In oh. the early days of nudity on screen, they would frequently put either a religious thing behind it or a medical reason behind it oh. like they're like oh we're illustrating stories from the bible so oh, you could show people. but it was a work it was a, a yeah. work around a loophole yes yeah uh, mm. a buffer yeah if you will uh so yeah so that so people would use that as an excuse for like you could show this because it's educational yeah. and so on where would people see these movies um, Were they in theaters? I guess they had to be because it's not like people had this technology at home. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, in fact, they were even talking about like the, uh, I guess the the Germany was the first thing to have like three days a week. They would have like stag films and only men uh, could go to the theater to see these movies that had, oh, had, these kind of, had these kind of things in it. Because you always want to watch your porn with a bunch of dudes. <laughs> that's a tale as old as time, man. It's a- <laughs> Um, in 19, so, but then after that, the Hayes code came around and made nudity in films, uh, like forbidden until mm. 1963 when Jane Mansfield, um, was appeared, uh, topless in the movie promises, promises, mm. ushering in a new era wow. of, of, um, nudity. Isn't films. it funny? That's not that long ago. Oh, I know. Can you imagine really like our not. grandmother lived in an age where like she was mm. like, you know, anyway. Yeah. She probably, our grandmother was probably born in like 1900 around then. Um, I think she was born in like 1910. Oh, 1910. Okay. Yeah. So she probably heard older people talking about the kiss. <laughs> it was a little controversial. And, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> we, to, we snuck in to see the kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Disgusting. One last thing before I have a question for you, but nowadays, um, an increasing number of movies are using intimacy coordinators, which really? is like a stunt coordinator, but for the sex scenes in movies. Like, stunt, oh, so a double, like a stunt, uh, like a sex double? No, no, like a coordinator who's like, okay, in this now you'll kiss her here, and then you move this way, like kind of oh, coordinating wow. how the, and because they're saying it's like to make sure the actors are like comfortable doing everything, oh, and it's interesting. so it's kind of like someone Instead who's there the is like a, being like, yeah, I'll, I'll grab it there, yeah, yeah like a that stunt kind of, coordinator, yeah. except for. Sex scenes. So, what's it called? An intimacy, an intimacy coordinator? coordinator. Wow. So interesting. I'm guessing it's also probably like a legal thing. Well, like, yeah. well, we had a stunt. We had an intimacy yeah, coordinator true, on stage. Yeah. It's not our fault. Yeah, we're know. not liable. We had <laughs> trained professional contract. <laughs> so my question for you. Okay. Would it, I want to be an intimacy coordinator? <laughs> my question for you is what are what are scenes of nudity that you remember oh, for the like the seeing question. for the first time or like that stand out to you oh, in, your, in your from your youth oh boy it'll be interesting because while we are close in age mm-hmm. this seems like it could be something very it could be very different because you know that that movies, age gap can be a big thing yeah. like one of when one of us is like 15 and the oh, other one is like 12 you know I thought of food. Oh, I know when you say them, like they're yeah. going to stand out, but I can't, I can't even. Uh, was there something? There wasn't something in Poltergeist. Oh, Friday Thirteenth. Friday Thirteenth. Yeah, all those slasher movies. Oh yeah, I guess. that was That's a big so, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they were at camp too. Yeah. There was one point they were playing strip poker. Yeah, and the girls are getting undressed and everything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, zapped. 
Oh, is one I remember. Yes, Scott Baio and uh, Heather Locklear. Uh, no, Heather Thomas. Heather Thomas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and it's and, just a flash, isn't it? Yeah. She in a dark room, and there's just a quick flash. Oh, she's not in a dark room. She's so the movie Zapped is about Scott Baio who gets exposed to toxic waste or something. Yeah, and he gets telekinetic powers. Yeah, you can't see it anywhere. We tried to download it or watch it on DVD. I mean, this was years ago, and we couldn't find it anywhere. It might be one of those movies that's. <laughs> Just sort of lost in the in yeah. the digital transition. Can you check on YouTube. YouTube, might yeah, be on we'll YouTube. look on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Heather Thomas. Heather Thomas, but that is not really her boobs because oh. they they she had a body double. Mm, mm. A, a, the stunt, the uh, intimacy coordinator arranged for her to have a body double. <laughs> I don't in, think in they had intimacy coordinators in it back then, Alex. <laughs> yeah, they did. It was called the the director. <laughs> <laughs> it's called a casting couch. Uh, so, uh, Fast Times Ridgemont High, mm. also very popular. Baby Kate. Baby Kate's yes. coming out of the pool with oh, uh, while Judge, Judge Reinhold is uh, yep. spanking it. Uh-huh. The- <laughs> that's a great film. I got to see oh, that again. Great. It's on cable all the time. Yeah. I gotta, yeah. I gotta, We've I, seen it a bunch the past few years. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's on like streaming mm-hmm. places yeah. and stuff like that. You'd be surprised. There are a lot of. There's a lot of dialogue in that movie mm-hmm. that you would recognize. Oh, instantly. sure. Yeah, yeah. Spicoli, <laughs> Mr. Hand. Oh, yeah, Mr. Oh, Hand. So yeah. To- Spicoli arrives late to class on the first day. Oh, yeah. come right in. <laughs> Thank you for coming. As someone so in education sarcastic. now, do you feel more sympathy for Mr. Oh, Hand? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's, a, he's one of my heroes. He <laughs> confiscates the pizza and gives it to everybody else. He rips up his schedule. It's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, you, you dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, stripes also oh, has some in it, you know, and the wrestling in the, yeah. and the ox is wrestling in the yeah. mud. And when uh, when they they're in the I don't know the officer's house that one night, and the and uh, Bill Murray and his lady friend come out of that that chest at the mm-hmm. foot of the bed. Yeah, I don't remember if she's totally naked. I don't think she, she might be tall. I remember she's wearing. I think she might be wearing like a shirt and just yeah. like no pants yeah. or something like that. And that's and that actress was also in Friday the Thirteenth. PJ Souls. She's yeah. in a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> also in Stripes. There's and probably the, now that I think about it is that scene where um, oh my gosh, what's his name? John Larroquette, who's the the oh, sergeant yeah. is looking through the binoculars right. in the shower. <laughs> the shower. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, Porky. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, Porky's. Yeah, Porky's too. Yeah. There's a. Uh, I remember Same watching the, uh, Stripes once with Mom, oh. and that scene came on. I was like, oh, is- <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So anyway, those are some. Uh, so if you were a, a horny yeah. teenager in the 80s, yeah. these are some of the boobs you saw yeah. on television. Absolutely. Uh, I can't imagine Good sitting guys. through Godfather just for the boobs if it's just this one shot. No, I'd be pretty, it's a dis- long be way. pretty they disappointed. You, they make you sit through the whole all the Sicily scenes. Yeah, exactly. All yeah. romantic stuff. It's a pretty good payoff. Do you think if you <laughs> went to Camel Video to rent the VHS of The Godfather, it would be worn out? Because you know, sometimes oh, you can then, tell where people oh, have paused oh, it and rewound it. It's all blurry. Yeah, all the tracking gets oh, all. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the tracking. <laughs> tracking. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I do think there would be uh, <laughs> tracking issues in, in those right. 10 seconds of the film. So there you go. There is uh, some, of some nudity, new, some in, nudity film. in film. Not a complete history, but you know uh, yeah. enough to enough to enough to whet your appetite. <laughs> <laughs> you have poor choice of words, Alex. <laughs> so what are we going to rate this minute? <laughs> what are we going to rate it? All right, are you ready? Now, now remember, Alex, we're rating the story. 
the characters, cinematography, music, mm-hmm. the writing, um, themes, the shots, makeup, all visual that. effects, visual effects, blocking, <laughs> cinematography, uh, screenplay, sound design, <laughs> intimacy coordination. <laughs> I would say costume design, but not in this case. All right, I'm ready. Okay, are we ready? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah! Yeah! Until then, there will be no acts of vengeance.